the volume. This Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the sessions. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are still here deep in the month of October, which means our spooky episodes continue. Uh, This one is a great one. I am so glad that we were able to get this badass woman on the microphone get her ready to tell her stories. I am joined by Rachel Stavis. She's Hollywood's premier exorcist, a best-selling author. She has her memoir, Sister of Darkness. Uh, She's working on a, a TV show. She's a writer. She's an exorcist. She does it all. I'm fascinated by this woman's line of work. She spotted an entity on me while we were doing the episode. Fairly common. Everyone relax. It's okay but just really cool to get into what she does, how she cleanses people that may have an entity attached to them, a room that could have an entity in it. Um, And then we got into like some of my own personal stuff, which I was not really expecting. I would love to like go to LA and like really do an episode with her to get like a full scope of what she's seeing and what she's picking up for me. But um, really, really interesting. Uh, I love that people like this exist in the world that are just in tune on a different vibration. And that is Rachel through and through. So guys, let's get into it. This is Rachel Stavis. What is your official title? I am an exorcist. I remove entities from people and places. Holy shit. How does one become an exorcist? How, what drew you to being an exorcist? I have a bazillion questions. Okay. Well, um, the answer was nothing. Uh, it wasn't like a, I didn't know it was a life's calling, let's just say. And it's not something I, I thought about doing really. It's just, it's, it's something that I was born with. Um, so I was born with the ability to see entity with my eyes. I can actually see entity in the way that I see people. Uh, and I didn't know that was weird. I mean, it was certainly weird, you know, but I, cause it looked like monsters to me as a child. Uh, but I thought everybody could see that. And then I found out later that you don't talk about that. That's insane. Nobody else sees that. 
So for many, many years of my life, I kind of tried to suppress it as much as possible because I, I was odd for that. So I, I tried to live a normal life. I became a, a writer. I live in LA, you know, it's not as normal as I get, I guess. But it's so cliche sounding because it sounds like I'm about to tell you that I had like a, some near death experience and it's not that at all. I had like a fender bender one day and it was just like one stressor too many. And I could no longer suppress it at all. Like I couldn't suppress the sight at all. And so the homeless man who you see screaming at something, I was definitely seeing what he was screaming at. Uh, and it was everywhere I went, like it became extremely overwhelming. And so at that point, you know, I often joke and I say like, okay, I, I sat down, you know, with a scotch and was like, what is this? Can you tell me what this is for? You know, opening up to spirit even more. And, uh, you know, many scotches later, they were like, here's what we're doing with this. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what was it, what's it like when you were trying to suppress seeing these things? How do you tell, how do you get them out of your mind, your line of sight? How does that work? Well, it's not that easy. And I will say that the pushiest of entities, they would still come through. And I can tell you about that. But like, especially now, even still, when you go to really crowded places, when you go to a concert, for example, or whatever, it's very helpful to try and suppress the sight <laughs> if you can, because like I was at a Florence and the Machine concert the other night and there were like, I don't even know how many, like thousands among thousands, just so many people. And if you I'll open your sight completely at that kind of place, you'll have so many, <laughs> you'll see so many entities. And it's not like I can do anything about it there. So I just tried not, I try to have a normal time <laughs> when I go out to places like that. Um, it's weird. It's definitely hard to push it out, let's say. Okay, so these entities that you're seeing, so say you're at the Florence and the Machine concert, you're seeing them everywhere. Are these entities attached to the people that are at the concert? Or are they just like there, they're in this space? Where do they come from? So to answer the first part, yes, mostly they're attached to people. Uh, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're out looking for a, a place to attach. Uh, how it works, just to kind of give you some background information, is, you know, it, it works with energy, specifically energy. So we walk around with what I call a baseline frequency. So that's, you know, how we interact with ourselves, how we interact with the world, like how conscious we are about things, how unconscious we are about things. Um, and most people are walking around like on a scale of one to 10, where one is dead and 10 is Buddha, you know, we're walking around with like a four and a half at best, most of the time. And of course, like if you work on yourself, that can go up, right? You know, you're doing a little more work and being more intentional and all of that, but that takes time. What doesn't take time is trauma. And when we have a trauma, that baseline frequency takes a hit very quickly. And now we are in low frequency and low frequency is how entity attaches. They are low frequency. They're looking to feed. They're looking for someone to feed on. It has to be a very specific exact signature match. It's not like movies where they just jump from person to person to person. That's not how it works at all. So it's actually, <laughs> I hate to say this, but very intentional on their part, looking for somebody that fits that for them. And that's kind of the trouble because you're already in a, traumatized place and that makes you more vulnerable to attachment holy moly that's crazy i could just be attending a concert and i come home and i'm 
I am possessed. Potentially, yeah, but the, you don't even need to be attending a concert for that. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. So when did you like figure out that this was a line of work that you like that you could turn this gift that you have into like helping other people? And how do you help people that have a situation with an entity? Like I said, I, I tried to deny it for a really long time. I didn't consider it a gift at all. I thought it was just uh, scary and weird and not good. <laughs> you just didn't want to have this. Um, but then, of course, eventually I realized, well, it's not going to go away. You know, it's seemingly not going away. So I have to do something with it. So at first, what I did was I, I said, okay, you know, sitting down, opening up to spirit, connecting even more which was scary for me at the time, because like most people, you know, that people are afraid of doing that. They're not sure what that will lead to. But for me, and I can talk more on this for other people, but that's actually the most positive thing that you can do is open up to the good things as well as the bad things, because the bad things will come in no matter what. The good things will wait for you to ask. They believe in, in free will, and they're not going to interfere. And so for me, you know, opening up and saying, okay, guys, <laughs> help me out here. What am I doing? How do I do this? How do I translate this into something that is helpful to people? Because it's obviously here for a reason. So I started working on people who would allow me to because I didn't know how it would go, you know, so I started working on close friends, let's say, they would be like, okay, sure. Yeah, practice on me. Because I was like, well, I'm seeing, you know, I've been seeing this for a minute. Will you let me do Holy this? shit. Wait, if you're like with your friends, do you tell them all the time? Like, hey, something's up. Or do you wait to like clue them in on what's going on? You know, I'm going to tell you that that really depends. <laughs> so it's so funny. I had a friend over last night. I couldn't remember the first time. So this person has seen me multiple times. And in fact, has seen me for press, you know, like, so it's she's outed herself as somebody who comes here. But she was like, do you remember the first night we met? And I was like, kind of, I know we met at this party, whatever. Anyway, apparently, I had told her that night, like, hey, do you mind coming in? Because I see this thing on you, which I, I don't normally do. So I was like, damn, I, I must have really like, been adamant about getting that off of you. But she's like, no, it's best thing ever. It was the best decision of my life. So I normally wait. I don't usually tell people stuff that fast, but I guess it depends. It depends on the situation. I obviously cannot move forward in this interview without asking, is there anything around me right now? <laughs> you know, everybody asks that. And I will say if I saw something that was really dangerous, I would tell you right away. Okay. okay. And I don't. <laughs> is there anything that's like there at all? There is an entity around. Um, it's what I consider the smallest of the small, which is something that 85% of the population is always carrying around with them. But it also can come off on its own. So don't worry about it. It's nothing dangerous. Where do they come from? Like, what what is an entity? Because I, like, are, I don't want people confusing that with just like, is it? it's different from a ghost. Yes. So deceased people are deceased people. They do their own thing. Uh, there's the whole idea that deceased people can uh, possess people. That's been done a million times, like, again, in movies. That's not exactly true. They can be annoying. Deceased people can annoy people, but they don't really possess you. When we're talking about entity, we're talking about what people consider demons. Um, that's, that's really it. The things that have never been human are not going to be human, have their own species, their own section of the world. That's what they are. 
Um, and where do they come from? That's a great question and really hard to answer. <laughs> you know, uh, a different dimension, a different place, source where all things come from, hard to say, you know, because there are also entities that don't interact with human beings at all. They just pass through. So it's a whole, it's weird. <laughs> and what do those, what do those look like when you see them? Like, for instance, just like the harmless entity that could be around me right now that you said that a lot of 85% of people have something like that. What does that look like to you? So there are different entities. They're not all the same. Um, and when I wrote my book, Sister of Darkness, I kind of started doing that book almost as a handbook for myself, just because I started seeing so many people with so many different things. And then you would see people with the same kind of thing again. And so I would just keep track of it. So I call the thing that I see with you, which again, also, probably because you're highly empathic, I'm sure you know that, or people have told you that before, but that's coming off to you in waves. So, you know, when you are highly empathic and you're feeling all the feelings, you tend to pick up other people's feelings and other people's energy too. And so that can just lead to stuff like that. But for you, that's going to come off very quickly and on its own. And that's only because of trauma. We don't need to, we're not going to get into that here, but you know what I'm saying. So don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> that thing is what I call a Clive. It's very scientific. I call it that because it looks like a Clive Barker drawing to me. <laughs> okay. It's called it. That's what it looks like to me. It's kind of like a mix between like a little brain and face hugger. That's like a very, very small, small thing. And what that does is it amplifies negative feelings. So, you know, if you're sad, you're depressed. If you're depressed, you're suicidal. If you're angry, you have rage, that kind of stuff. And so you, you know, you don't have to be me to know who around you has that. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. If, wow, that's fascinating. That's really cool. Um, how do you differentiate between the ones that are harmless that kind of just come and go versus the ones that you need to have a little sit down and kick them to the curb? So the ones that are harmless, they have, I've never seen them interact with a person. They don't attach people. They don't do any of that stuff. They just kind of walk through and go through wherever. I don't know why, you know, they're just using this world to go through to wherever they're going. So they just don't interact with people at all versus the ones that are attached to people and feeding from people. Those are the ones that, you know, we want to take out of people. And just to go back, you know, when I first started doing this, the hilarious things that would ensue were not even about entity and attachment at all. It was like practical things like, oh, if you put a bunch of candles on the floor, you're going to kick them over and have a fire. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. right. So there was a huge learning curve in all kinds of ways when I first started doing this. And I, so I did only work on friends, but eventually, you know, those friends would go out and tell their friends and ask if they could come in and so it became a whole thing. And I actually worked word of mouth for about a decade. Nobody knew that I was doing this at all, except for the people who came. But, you know, at that time, I was working on heads of studio, rock icons, you know, uh, Oscar winners, all kinds of things. But then also grandmas and like people next door and, you know, just everybody. Um, and I... <laughs> I did a thing where I, I sold a script because I am also a writer. I, I sold a script to Blumhouse. Obviously, they make a lot of horror. And they had their annual um, costume party one year. And I went. 
And, you know, it comes up in conversation that this is what you do. And then you end up talking to someone and they're like asking you a lot of questions. And then it turns out that that person worked for NPR. And so the story broke. And that's kind of how this all happened. Um, it was out and then the book and then the things. And so here we are. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Before I carry on, I have to ask you, do you have a bulldog or something? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Here it's snoring. <laughs> I have a bulldog too, and if he's in the room with me, <laughs> just like reverberates off the floor. Yeah, that's amazing, sweet pup. My dog is actually a Pekingese. Oh, it's a Pekingese. Okay, very snorty. Not be in here. Like, <laughs> be here. So I have done so many meetings where you hear her in the background <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> I was making sure I wasn't going crazy. I'm like, is that my dog or is it her dog? I'm like, my dog's not up here, so it's not mine. That is so funny. I'm sweet, so sorry. Sweet. You're going to get like oh my God. noise. No, I don't mind it at all. I was just making sure I, that I was right in hearing that. That's so great. Love that. <laughs> Tip off the NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Plus, FanDuel is the only sportsbook that gives all customers three months of NBA League Pass when they make a $5 bet on the NBA. Then you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to totals. So don't miss your chance to get $150 in free bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Disclaimer, 21 in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 for New York. The TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Okay, so you've been able to work, obviously, with a lot of different celebrities, some notable people. What is um, the craziest situation you've seen? Obviously, I don't expect you to say names or anything. If you want to, be my guest. But uh, yeah, what, what kind of things are you seeing with these people? Um, okay. So one thing that comes up every now and again, it's not that common. Um, so one of, okay, let me backtrack. So one of the types of entities that we have in the world, unfortunately, is something that I call a wraith. And what a wraith does is it, it attaches itself to people who've been through sexual trauma, sexual dysfunction, exposed to something too early. Um, that's kind of what they do. They're what people consider like a succubus or an incubus. So on occasion, I will get people who have lineage rates. What is that? That's something that's been with their family line for so long that it might not even be their trauma. It's something that happened back when that's just been passed down and passed down and passed down. One of the craziest things that you'll see, and doing spaces are always insane. So when I take entities out of spaces, that's actually the most dangerous work that I do. 
because an entity that holds a space, there's only a few types that do. Um, and the ones that can hold a space are, are higher on the food chain. They're a bit more malevolent, including one that's the highest of the high. The devil. Well, it's not, but that's what people, that's what I think it, people would assume it is. It, there's more than one of it and it's, it's the highest I've ever seen. Do you not say its name purposefully? No, no, no. I call them realm walkers because there's more than one and they walk between worlds. They just, they can do a lot of crazy things. But when they hold a space like a, like a hotel, for example, like there's a whole chapter of the Cecil Hotel in my book. When they hold a space like that, they can actually take the whole building down on top of you. So you have to be very careful when you go into spaces. Cecil Hotel's the one that was on um, Skid Row, right? Is that right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so when you're working with people and whether it's in a space or with like an individual, what happens? What does that process look like? You know, it's nothing like you see in the movies most of the time. So most people don't have what I consider a movie style entity. That's more a realm walker movie style entity. The one that's like really just theatrical and dramatic, you know, and like putting on all the show. <laughs> sure. That's not normal. Most people are not walking around with something like that. So for most people, I would say it's actually quite a peaceful situation for them. So what happens is, they come into my spirit room. I'm in my spirit room. They come in here and they, we have a conversation. We have a conversation about what to expect, what, you know, what you're going to feel, all of these different sensations that are going to go on in the body, what you're going to hear, that kind of stuff. Because people, when they come, they're afraid, you know, especially the first time. They don't know what to expect. And they're usually here because it's a last resort. So, um, and that's one of the reasons why I never, ever share who's been here specifically by name, unless they decide they want to tell people that because it's private, you know, this is a private space for you. So we go through kind of the process of what spirit is saying about what's going on with them. You know, I do hear spirit talk as well. So, um, when people are telling me things, I'm constantly, even now, like looking off into the sunset because I get information. And so I just say it back to people. Is anyone talking shit about me right now? <laughs> no, I'm just telling you that they were talking about some trauma. Oh, my trauma. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. What were they saying? They were just saying, you know, you've been through a lot of things and not to freak out about having this attachment. It's not a big deal because they're like, you know, she's going to freak out. <laughs> and <gasps> also like how empathic you are and that the fact that you like, I don't know if you remember this or not, but they're saying that you've actually seen and heard deceased people since you were a child quite often. And that also is something, you know, that makes this a little more open, makes this a little more whatever, like you've had visitations. Oh my God, that just made my like stomach kind of turn because that is one of those things that makes you, we were, I did, just did an episode about this, had my family on because we talked about a house that we lived in oh. that definitely had something happening. But I definitely do remember as a kid, just feeling like I was seeing something, something was around. Um, but it's hard to decipher that when you're an adult and you're trying to like decode that and make sense of it. You're like, I don't know, my kid mind probably just made that up or it was a shadowy room or your imagination, all of these things that you could kind of like try to justify things with. Um, so good to know that um, you did. It's just, I did. You it's did. Been reconfirmed. Wrong. So this house that you lived in, I don't know why they're doing this now. So we're we're on a tangent now. I'm so sorry. Let's go. No, let's get into it. Let's have at it. Give. It, I would love to. I don't know where this is, um, but they're showing a house that to me looks fairly old. Um, but weirdly, though, not like haunted house looking 
house. Like it doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like like more normal looking house, just not brand new, like not a brand new space. But they're saying that the person who kept coming to you, oh, this is actually kind of nice. I don't know if you remember this or if you blocked it or, or sometimes we just get the negative sensation of a deceased person being around and it's not their intent. I'm such a deceased person's advocate. I'm like, wait, <laughs> let me tell you. I am. I consider myself such a deceased person's advocate because everyone's always with <laughs> them. And I'm like, they're just people, just dead. <laughs> yeah, give them a bone. Let them live. Well, not live. Let them die. Let them be. <laughs> so there is a woman that kept coming to you, a woman, a deceased woman from this space. I don't know how old you were, but it feels like you were pretty young. And they, this woman was, um, something happened. I don't know what tragedy this was, but this woman lost children. Oh, shit. She definitely lost children. So she was coming to you kind of as a watcher, kind of as a, a helpful, like she wanted to make sure you were okay. Wow. But that doesn't change that you were probably scared. <laughs> You know, it's not yeah, like I don't really remember. Like I remember having like an imaginary friend. I definitely had like an imaginary friend situation. But I think probably during a time when this would have happened, I was very young and my parents were splitting up. So it definitely probably was like a pretty like what's going on. Yeah. So then she was with you because she knew you were going through something. So she was there. You know, I wow. think she was trying to be a helpful presence but again our bodies react so strongly to that strange energy and also especially if they come to you visually not every deceased person will do that sometimes they don't do that because they don't want to scare you (laughs) right Um, sometimes they want you to see them it's a whole thing it's a whole thing but um yeah that makes so much sense that's why so she was coming to you at night she was coming to you at night checking on you while sleeping which is very scary sounding but that's what she was doing I mean, it's sweet when you think about it. When I think about my daughter sleeping and how often I poke my head in to make sure that she's yeah. doing okay, that's actually really sweet. I don't find that scary. I like that. Isn't that interesting? When you know the background story, it changes the way you feel about the visitation. It changes the way you remember things. And you might have more stuff come to you now. Well, I always feel like I always feel like I am very receptive to those things. I mean, they definitely do. Like it makes my hair stand up on the back of my neck a little bit. Like it does scare me. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's not like they're it's an I've never felt that like negative kind of energy. I have felt like, a oh, there's something happening or I feel like something's in the room. I can feel that. But it's never been that negative kind of feeling. But yeah, I think anytime someone thinks like, oh, my gosh, a ghost or a spirit, you instantly kind of go into like panic mode and and think worst case scenario. With you in particular, you have a lot of um, spirit guides around you. So you're very protected. Like you feel very protected, but you have nice energy. That's why. Like you, you've you been working on yourself. I don't know if I should even out all this stuff. And No, please. It's okay. Yeah, have at it. I'm not going to say any specifics, but you've been working on yourself a lot. You've been through a lot of things. You've been working on yourself a lot. And so because of that, you've just kind of moved up energetically in the world. And so you have a lot of spirit guides who are very fierce protectors of you. But it doesn't mean, though, because you I know you say you don't perceive negative, but you when you've walked into spaces that felt wrong to you, you have left those spaces like you've walked in and been like, Ugh, I don't know about this feeling like you're perceptive about when something's off. And you are also really perceptive about when something's off with a person. Big time. Instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And you know what? 
again, I don't want to say this here, but I'm just going to put, I'm just saying this to you. You have avoided some very dangerous situations because you've trusted that. 100% I have. 100%. I can think of one in particular that I also will not get into the specifics of here um, to not out anybody or anything, but definitely a situation um, that on paper seemed like it could have been a great situation. And I was like, mm-mm. My like every instinct in my body was telling me that it was not. And then lo and behold, yeah, this person was like not a good person, especially towards women. Um, So, yeah, you get those feelings. And like, I mean, whether you, you know, you want to call it a, a guttural instinct or or whatever. But I think like just being able to like feel that like good, that bad. Like, I feel like I can read somebody right out the gate of like, what kind of a person are we dealing with here? Is this person going to be my friend or not? Yes, absolutely. And, but you trust that. Especially as women, too, we're taught a lot about placating and second-guessing stuff. And so a lot of people do. Like, they're like, well, you know, yeah, it feels really weird, but I'm just going to go with it. You know, that's just me. It's just me. And then they put themselves in a predicament. So it, you, like, actually pay attention to those things, which is solid. Is there any difference between like just being like "Mm, that person might not be a good person or having something like that, like the energy's off or something like a negative entity or like what is the difference between those things? So someone who's carrying an entity, it doesn't mean you'll feel negatively around them because entities are actually very common. It's not as uncommon as we've been taught to believe. It's, It's pretty common. The people who have the worst of the worst, though, I will say, so, okay, so let, let me back up a little bit and just explain those entities a bit more. So realm walkers are the kind of thing that you see when people do like the hysterical, you know, movie exorcism. Um, and I can't say that never happens. It does happen. But it's Have you very, ever seen that? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, one of my goals actually is to go into every place in the United States where a realm walker inhabits and to remove it from the space which will ultimately change the entire town around it because they're wow. just such a black hole. It's, it's really terrible. So realm walkers, they are the top of the food chain as far as I have ever seen. They can do anything and everything that an entity below them can do plus. So whereas, you know, an entity normally can just kind of control and work with one person at a time, a realm walker can like go off for like a hundred people at a time. It can erase minds. It can, it sounds insane. I know what it sounds like, but it can do these things. It can call people to a certain place, which is why the Cecil Hotel has always been what it is. So realm walkers are kind of crazy in terms of what they can do, but the rest of everything is, is not. So, you know, um, having something like a Clive, very common, even having, unfortunately, something like a Wraith, really common, having a trickster, which is something that forms a symbiotic relationship with people, pretty common. But a realm walker is not. And the reason why it's not is because it doesn't go after, you know, like you when you see a movie, and you're like, there is a farm, and it's in the middle of nowhere. And here's where this crazy possession happens. And this entity goes through five people, and then they all die in the end. If you think about that logically, that makes no sense. Because if a, if you're taking an entity that's the smartest, the most malevolent, the most cunning, it's not going to be doing that. It's going to be looking for world changers. So it's only interested in people that are world changers. So it's not going to go after that girl on the farm unless later in life she's going to be something that does something that tips the scales in a huge way. 
So oftentimes with realm walkers, they also are more prevalent to go after people that are already uh, leaning towards something dark, let's say. It, do like celebrities and people in that world, are they more inclined to be attached to because of that? Because they're people that are out like, is that what you mean by that? I mean like nuclear kind of people. Like oh. people who are, so it's mostly behind the scenes people who they attach to that are the money people. You know, that are pushing money to a specific place, funneling something specific, an agenda to change the world and put something negative in power. That's what they go after. God. The actors, not necessarily, though they get their own sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they've got their own shit that they're dealing with. They're always the funniest because I've dealt with a couple male actors that I'll never, I'm never going to say who, but if they do, I'll laugh. I'll laugh if they put this out there. But they always come in and they're like, I have the worst thing you've ever seen. This is going to be the worst entity you've ever seen, I promise. It's the hardest thing you'll ever take out of anyone. Are you even qualified to take this out? They'll walk in and it's a climb. God, I wish my husband was here. I kind of want to, I wish he was here. I'd bring him up so we could get like a reading on him. I would love to get like a good well, reading Well, anytime, him. just email me. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. No, this is all like, it's really fascinating. So when, I mean, you and I are, you know, we're on Zoom, so to speak, but like, to be able to pick up on my energy, is it harder to do because I'm far away from you or is it just the same because you can see my face and all that? Um, you know, if we were in the same room, I could tell you probably a lot more. And also, since we're kind of going off on talking about other things, if I was like real focused, I could probably give you a lot more um, in terms of you specifically. Gosh, um, so can we is, do that? Can we yeah. do that? Or am I putting you on the spot? I would love to do that. You can do it. Um, but you'd have to be here. So. <laughs> oh, I have to be in person. Damn. I thought you meant like we could do it here. <laughs> well, you never know. More stuff might come up, but it's, it's just it easier for me. Like if we're face to face, you know what I mean? Sure. So like I did a show last year. It was like a one-off show for Tubi, um, Celebrity Exorcism. Metal World Peace, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so lovely. So you know, <laughs> like with him, for example, you know, we got to do, um, and you got to see some of it, but we got to do one-on-ones and we did talk, you know, um, about specific things that were going on in, in their lives and like, you know, all of that. So a lot comes in when it's just you and me, I guess, and a camera crew or whatever, but even without, yeah, <laughs> especially without, yeah. we can shoot it without. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so intrigued by stuff like this. Like I love I want to know more about all of it. So I can do it with with or without a camera crew. Well, and it's really good too because even if you don't have attachment, people do come to me even without attachment because we don't just work on taking out the entity. That's here nor there in a way, because if you just take out an entity and you don't work on the trauma behind that, then people are still going out with that same energy signature and pulling something back. So that's doing you a disservice. So when somebody comes to me, we also take that trauma out of the body. We remove the trauma out of the body as well. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll forget it or, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. But what we want to do is remove that visceral reaction from the body system. So essentially what I do is, this sounds, again, very insane, but the best way I can describe it is we move the trauma from the body system to the spirit system. So from within to without. And what that does is you go into that, that same memory, that Rolodex of things that are traumatizing for you. And I'm not suggesting people do that, but you know, if you're on the path of looking into those things, you know, and you want to kind of heal that kind of damage. If you go back into that memory after I've worked on you, you'll find that you don't have that same reaction to it. 
And when you don't have the same reaction to it, you can heal it properly. That's really funny because, I mean, you know, you talking about like my past trauma, it's not something that I feel anymore. And I've, I've not like, I don't think about it in the same way. And I don't know if that's like a maturation process or me just thinking about things differently, my life moving in a different direction. Um, but I definitely don't, I don't hang on to those feelings anymore. Does that change things for me? Yeah, well, I think part of the reason why, which you might you might not feel on a conscious level, though I think you do because you've been doing it on a conscious level, is because you've worked on yourself so much. You know, you're in a far different place emotionally, but also spiritually in a way than you were at that time. And so now you can sort of look back in a, in again, I don't want to add anything, but like in a more... um in a larger focused way. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying from your perspective. And you're just like, okay, wow, that was like, a, it was a lot. That was intense. Like you're not denying it either. So let's put that out there. Of course. Yeah. You don't want to like tell people like, just suck it up and move on. That's not what you did. So we're not, you know, you're not pushing it down and saying, I'm, I'm ignoring it. It doesn't exist. What you're saying is like, actually I've looked at that from every angle. I've actually worked through these things and now I'm, not, I wouldn't say peaceful with it, but like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, that sucked. I, I got it. I'm never doing that. That's like, I'm not going to be in that situation ever again. Okay. So when you're working with people and you are um, exercising an entity, how do you do that? What does that whole process look like? If you were here, we would have these conversations. We'd be talking about it. And then we'd talk about what to expect and what, what to feel in the body. And everybody's slightly different, you know. But you would be kind of laying down the entire time, trying to keep your eyes closed as much as possible. I always tell people, like, you're not going to miss a show. I'm not going to be dancing. There's no <laughs> chanting, you know, like none of that's going to be happening. So this is introspective. We want to see what comes up because during this process, we unlayer a lot of things, right? Things are coming out. So you want to be able to um, notice them. You want to notice any memories, thoughts, ideas, visions that come up during this process because it's related to the process and we don't want to miss it. You know, again, not to get stuck on it or anything, but just to notice it. I work in rounds of three. So I, I work with high beings that I've cultivated a relationship with. So over many, many years, I've worked with these high beings, what people call angels or, you know, gods, I don't know what you want to call it, but they're the high frequency versus the low frequency that we talked about before. And what I do is I have that energy, high frequency, high being energy flood the body of the person who's here. So that's in a very intense process for someone's body. In fact, we can't keep that going more than an hour, let's say in extreme case, because it'll start to break the body down because we don't that we're not meant to carry that energy and especially not long-term. So what happens to people who experience that energy here um, is they, they feel rushes of the spine, hot and cold in places. They feel pain or pressure in places. And in the most extreme of cases, they'll have their um, extremities lock up. They'll, they'll fist, and they won't be able to undo the fist until the energy leaves the body. So that is something that can happen. Um, do people throw up? Do people, you know, do all of those kinds of things? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes. Normally, the people who get physically ill in that way are people who dealt with a lot of sexual trauma for years and years and years and years. A lot of that gets expelled this way. 
But mostly people just sigh a lot, cry a lot, move a lot while this process is going on. And they do get a lot of those memories and visions that come up. And so when the, the, their body is flooded with high being energy, what it does is it pushes, um, I'm just trying to figure out how to explain this visually. It pushes the energy that's not supposed to be there to the surface of the body for me. So I can see where the entity is hiding. I can see where the trauma is. I can see all of these things in the body. I used to um, peace, love, and light this in the very beginning when I was like, you know, doing this for like the first six months. I would be like, okay, entity, we're just going to send you out of here. You're just out of the body. Um, but then I would notice someone show up with the same damn entity. So I was like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. Now the entity gets dissipated. We just, it's gone. It doesn't, it ceases to exist, that particular entity after they come to me. Can that be an ugly process? It depends on the entity, honestly. Uh, most entities do struggle and fight back a little bit. Um, the stronger and smarter they are, the more that is the case. So for me, I would say... There's a lot of, this is going to sound so strange because it's very hard to explain like to people, but there's a lot of like heat in my hands that happens from this. There's um, sometimes some scratching, sometimes some bruising, sometimes some stuff like that for me. I very much am protective of the person getting this done. So for them, it doesn't get to do that. But I'll sometimes have that for me. And then of course, when I'm working on their trauma and stuff too, basically it goes through me and then out. That's kind of how this works. And so the next day after working on people, I won't be able to move very well. I'll have a lot of aches and pains. I might be super depressive feeling. That's not mine, but it, it'll pass. Um, and before someone says, because this always happens, they're like, well, you don't protect yourself properly. Blah, 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 blah. Nope, that's not true. I absolutely do down to the tattoos on my arms. Um, I protect myself and ground myself very, very well, or I would not be able to do this job at all. But this is how the process works. It just is how the process works. Wow. So what are, what are like the do's and don'ts that you would say to somebody that maybe can't get to you or can't get to someone, but they know that they're feeling something? What are like the yeses and nos in this entity world? Okay, so if you cannot get to me, but you're like questioning, do I have this? Do I not have this? Yeah, like how can you tell if you do have something, if, if there's not somebody like you to confirm? Well, honestly, it's, it's hard. It is hard um, because don't like, it sounds like I just see people for the most extreme things, but sometimes people come to me with addiction issues. They come to me because they can't conceive. They come to me for other things that they don't know are related to entity or not related to entity. And if there's an entity there, it can exacerbate all those things. Like I've actually helped a lot of women conceive. Oh, send some of that juice my way. Give me some of that. <laughs> <It's> crazy, <right? laughs> yeah. it, it is absolutely true. Like you wouldn't believe how many times we just block it because we've got so much shit going on. And then all of a sudden there it is, you know, wow. like we just get it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. There's not like a specific checklist I can give you, but you know, what I do teach people how to do, and this is literally free on my Instagram, and I just started TikTok. I'm actually terrible at social media, but I'm trying. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've just posted a few videos on this. I teach people this for free, but I tell them to do my 30-day connection to spirit. So basically what that is, is it's a five-minute long exercise that just, it's three little parts, and it will open up your, your, um, 
ability to see and hear better when it comes to spirit, but it will also raise your vibration. So if you are out of trauma space, if you move yourself out of that space, you starve entities. So the higher you go, the better you feel because that's how it all works. So it's kind of cliche sounding where it's like, be good to people, be unselfish, be conscious about how you talk to someone, but that matters. All of that stuff matters because you find that you selfishly start to feel better if you just do those things. Like people are always like, well, this person has so much money or this so much power. And you know, how does that happen? Because they're so terrible. And I'm like, trust me, they're miserable. Like they wouldn't act this way if they weren't miserable. So just being in that space of like, okay, I'm going to raise myself up a bit helps a lot. But the 30 day connection also will teach you if there's entity attached because of it's a kind of a weird thing. But it's a the way that it works is you become so much more conscious of how am I feeling? What is happening? Is this energy my own? Because empathic people also pick up on other people's energies all the time and have a very difficult time discerning, is this my energy? What is this? Empathic people have a very, very, very uh, low tolerance to being in crowds because they get anxiety, a lot of anxiety when things get real crowded. And part of that is because everybody in that room who's had a strong emotion for the day, even if it's like good, even if it's like got married, had a baby, whatever, got a promotion, they're sending that shit out like fireballs. <laughs> and here's the empathic person and it goes like this and the body's like, what, what just happened? What just happened? Then they have all this anxiety. It's so crazy just like thinking of like human beings and the way that certain people are dialed in or tuned in to certain things and like to be able to feel something like another person's vibration. It, it is really crazy when you just like think about it. I think so often we're all so busy and we're all doing so many different things that we don't think about what our own bodies are so capable of doing if we just like chill out for a second and listen to them. Exactly. And so the 30 day connection is like five minutes a day. And it's kind of part of that process. Like, hey, I'm just going to take this moment to do this and like recenter a bit and see what's going on here. You know, because we don't do that. Again, that goes back to what we were saying before, right? Like, there are so many, especially again, women who go to these spaces, and they have all these feelings. And they're just like, well, that's just me. I'm just a lunatic or whatever, I guess. And or I'm just having really bad whatever or this kind of day or that kind of day instead of just being like, wait a minute, actually, I'm a fucking goddess. Are women more in tune than men? No, not always. <laughs> but I always say it's women too, because like, I feel like women are, are taught to distrust their instincts so much for some reason. Well, that's what I was going to say is because, you you know, you think of a woman's instinct and like a mother's instinct and all the things that come along with that. And uh, yeah, I just was wondering if women are, if that really is more of a thing than it is for men. I think it's really, it depends on the soul of the person so much more than, than what they're presented as body wise. Like if you're an old soul and you've been here 5,000 times and you've been every creature under the sun, then you probably feel a lot more and maybe trust that there's more out there and trust yourself more and maybe align yourself with moon cycles or whatever's going on, you know, more than somebody who's like, you know, head down, doesn't believe in anything, isn't going to pay attention to anything. I feel like that's a harder life for me. I don't know why people would choose it, but yeah, to each their own. Can you tell the difference or can you tell when somebody is like an old soul and has been here longer than others? Usually, yeah. Because there are usually people like you who are highly empathic, who've seen things in the past, who've had visitations, 
even people who tell me like I'm a skeptic, but I I'm open is like someone on the, on on the older sequence, let's say, because they're smart enough to be like non-narcissistic about life or they're just like my worldview is the only view that's it and if i don't believe in spirit then that doesn't exist so okay it's like no that doesn't make sense no <laughs> like, it, no it does not make sense let's <laughs> remain open-minded everybody um okay before i let you go rachel um i would be remiss to not just try to get like something scary out of you what's the most terrifying thing you've ever seen in your line of work Oh, God, the most. Like, There's like so many stories. I'm sure there's so many. There's probably so many. Would you ever like write a book about all of those too? Like just like the different like scary experiences? I would love to. I was actually thinking about that. I was thinking about writing a book that's more of a tell-all about like my scariest moments without giving away like anyone they were attached to or any of Because honestly, most of my scariest moments are are visitations, like things that come to me. Um, that just are curious about me. Um, so I'll give you one of my favorites because I just told this one last night. <laughs> um, this is one of my favorites. And it's so funny because I, not to even bring this up, but I, I'm working on a television series where we're doing a, a scripted series of my memoir, Sister of Darkness, which is very cool. And I'm working. So cool. Pamela Adlon, who's amazing and funny and cool and so she's going to kill me. So kind of afraid to hear these things that I never tell her like my scariest stories. She's like, no, 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 I don't want to hear it. Um, which is fascinating because we're working on this together and it's, it's, it's just very funny. Um, so I'm going to tell you a story she doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so a while ago, I had a visitation. So I get visitations mostly from entities I call tricksters. And what those are, just like the ones that, like we said, kind of form a symbiotic relationship with people. And they'll show up as imaginary friends. They'll show up as, you know, archangels. They'll show up as deceased loved ones. But the energy doesn't feel right. And this one actually shook me. Like I, I had to turn the light on and could not go back to sleep for the rest of the night because this one was so messy. Um, <laughs> so sometimes when I get visitations, I'll hear electrical popping sounds before I see a visual. So that's how I know they're coming. So it's like this really fun warning that something's going to enter the room. And this particular entity was when tricksters are not attached to people, they have a very hard time keeping human form. So I don't know what they look like when they're not keeping human form. That's a mystery to me. But this particular one showed up as a man and could not keep his facial features. So it was like a Picasso. It just kept everything kind of kept moving around the face. So he was wearing a white tank top and like tidy whities and was standing at the, the my side of the bed. I was like this on the bed and, and he was here and he was standing upright and this particular one, I don't know what was going on with this particular one, but it, the, the energy of it was so malevolent that I was like, already like, okay, you need to get the fuck out. Don't come near me. Like, this is it. Like, it was much more malevolent, this particular one, than most tricksters. I don't know what was going on with this one. And it wanted to get a closer look at me. And normally, as human beings, we bend here and we look that way. And instead of that, it bent sideways at the waist, because again, they're mimics of humans. They don't really, they're not human. So it bent completely to the side. And its face, moving face, was in my face. And I was like, 
you need to get the fuck out. Like, I always tell people to tell entity to get the fuck out. That's what you need to do. Like, because it raises your vibration in the moment to be strong and step into your power. And so I did that with this and it took a minute, but it did go. And even after it left, the electrical popping sounds were there like another minute before the whole thing was gone. But the feeling of it, even more than the visual of it, was so bad that I turned on the light and I did not go back to sleep. Holy shit. But the problem is that I'm always hypervigilant. So like sleep is not really a big option because you're always like waiting because any day could be a visitation day. You don't know. So you have to like assume that it could be at any old time. And then anything that shows up, you have to be like ready to go. <laughs> oh my God. Holy God. Stay on your toes. Stay on your toes, ready to pounce at any moment. That's that's nuts. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and helping to explain uh, more to us about like what you do, what these different entities are. And I appreciate you getting into some of my stuff. And yeah, when I'm out in L.A., we're getting together and we're going to like get into it, get into it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That would be great. Definitely. Well, listen, smooch that little purring cat and the cute little Pekingese. <laughs> I can't catch a break with these guys. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, happy Halloween, Rachel. Yes, you too. Happy Halloween, everybody. Thank you to Rachel for joining me and uh, and shedding her knowledge onto all of us. We definitely needed a little bit of Rachel in our lives. Um, you guys can catch Rachel. Her Instagram is rhstavis at Instagram. Um, catch up on all of her things there because yeah, you don't want to miss out. And you can uh, also watch, you can stream Celebrity Exorcism on Tubi that's up there now. Uh, and yeah, Sister of Darkness available in bookstores. So get out there, check this lady out. She is super, super rad. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. All right, guys, catch you later. Do you hear my cold, by the way? Can I get rid of this stuffy nose? Oh my Lord. Off to take some vitamin C. Bye-bye. This has been The Sessions.